Here on the Meaningful Media Podcast, we like to talk to consumers about the media that matters to them. So to do this, it's time for another special panel episode. And of course, we can't do a panel episode without our brilliant co-host, Courtney. Thanks for coming on. I love doing these audience panel episodes. They're the best. Tell us about the panel that we, did, we decided on, because it's, uh, it's quite an interesting one. We picked a very special panel of people over the age of 70. And we were very intentional about this group because I think as an advertising industry, we tend to be a little bit youth obsessed. We're all about what's happening with the millennials and Gen Zs and even the rising future influence of Gen Alpha. But the reality is, is that this boomer generation, the silent generation, they make up a tremendous amount of purchasing power and influence to advertisers. So we really wanted to spend some time with them to learn about the media that matters to them and what is what does a meaningful media experience look like for them this is going to be a really fascinating one so um should we get into it let's do it it's the meaningful media podcast it's that 70s show we've got a rather fantastic panel with us today um age is but a number uh although uh, i'm sure our guests won't mind me saying that they are all over the age of 70 and they're joining us today for a discussion about the media that matters to them. We're going to quickly introduce uh, our panellists and ask them to just talk, um, introduce themselves, talk a little bit about uh, where they are, where they're from, what they do. So I'm going to come first to uh, our guest in the studio, uh, Barbara. Barbara, introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Barbara Lofts. I am nearly 80 in June. And although I was born in Canada, I've been in England since 1966, married an Englishman. And I feel more English than Canadian now, even though I sound Canadian still. Gosh, um, thank you. Cindy, we'll come to you next. Um, if you introduce yourself and tell us where you're joining from. Hi, I'm Cindy Harper. I live on the coast of North Carolina in a town called Southport. I grew up in Buffalo, married and loved my life at 19 and had 47 beautiful years. I enjoy gardening, working, and, and life. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and last, but by no means least, Charlie, can we come to you, please, sir? Of course. I'm also vintage 43, 1943, and I just celebrated my 80th birthday. I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington, uh, and retired to Naples, Florida, where I now live. First, we're going to ask you to walk us through your typical day. So, like, how, how does the, you know, we use this phrase called media. Media really means, like, what you're watching, what you're listening, what you're seeing. It could be anything from TV, radio. Maybe it's, you know, something you're doing or seeing when you're outside of the home. But if you can just talk us through your routines, your habits, and, and how the media is kind of fitting in there. Cindy, uh, we come to you first, please. Hi. My typical day starts. I get up. I have breakfast. Then I go to the office, check the computer, I check my bank account, I check my mail, I go into Facebook and see what's going on. Um, after that, I am out the door with my iPhone, listening to Spotify or Pandora as I walk. Nice. Tell us what's on the playlist. Good 60s Rolling Stones, you know, it's um, uh, Joe Cocker, good classic rock. And are you, are you checking Facebook on the phone or on the computer or both? I do both. Interesting. Barbara, can we come to you next, please? Talk us through your typical day. Right. Well, I get up and have breakfast and 
On several days, I have certain things I do, like I do props at our local Abbey uh, Theatre in St. Albans in Hertfordshire. Um, I have a lot of social life. I meet with several groups of people several times a week. I watch television. I listen to the radio. I walk, go for walks, go out for lunches. I'm a lady who lunches. Um, Charlie, how about you? Also start with breakfast, but then um, living in Florida affords great weather. So I play golf 12 months a year in season, which is interestingly enough in season here is November to April, uh, almost the polar opposite of what I experienced in Seattle. So in season, four days a week, I play golf three days a week out of season. The weather is beautiful, um, exercise a lot, very social, live in a gated golf community. And the people here are not entitled at all. They're very grateful. They've worked hard to be here. And it's a wonderful community and great socialization. Sounds wonderful. Courtney. It does sound wonderful. I'm ready to retire, Ben. I don't know about you. <laughs> no way. I'm, I'm, no way. <laughs> um, well, I would love to dig in and talk a little bit about technology and the devices that you are interacting with every day. I think people often have this perception of people over the age of 70 and their, their relationship with their devices. So... I'd love to know about the screens in your world. Is it iPads? Is it TV screens? Is it smart TVs? And how does that technology factor into your sort of day-to-day routine? And Charlie, I'll come back to you to start us off. Sure. Um, I think the uh, iPhone is probably one of the greatest and worst inventions at the same time. Uh, (laughs) In right hand, I have a world-class library. That has never happened in the course of 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 human history. The ability to absolutely access all materials anywhere in the world. It used to be when I went to college, they were called the stacks. And you'd go back into the library and if you had to write a paper or whatever, you had 20 or 30 journals you were looking at simultaneously trying to gather this information. And here you can hyperlink to almost anything. The downside is, is that people have become a slave to it. We have a smart TV. Uh, I do not watch TV usually until uh, late in the afternoon. And then uh, in the evening, start with BBC News and go to ABC. And then usually the Netflix, Prime, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, I use Pandora, uh, which I find lovely. And you were asking earlier, what do you listen to? I'm more of the 40s guy. So I would like to do uh, Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, names you've never heard of that goes back to the beautiful ballads. Uh, But it does go up to um, uh, Barry Manilow and some great jazz like Nina Simone and some wonderful voices. So Amazing. Well, it's interesting as we, we talk to people of all different generations and backgrounds, I think music... Ben, you'd agree. Music is sort of the universal thread that brings everybody together. Everyone has a deep, deep, passionate connection to uh, the music they grew up with, music they love to listen to. So I I love to hear what everyone is listening to. Um, Cindy, why don't you, we'll come to you next. Why don't you tell us a little bit about technology and how that's uh, playing a part in your day-to-day life? Technology is something we're learning. I have to refer to myself as electronically inept. Charlie, you're right that the iPhone is 
it's great. I can Google up anything at any moment, but it has a downside. Uh, TV, I have a smart TV, and I think it's smarter than I am, but <laughs> but I, I'm learning to navigate through. Uh, there's so much for our generation to navigate through. And, you know, I do. I, I enjoy TV. I will watch Netflix. Um, I will watch the news. I love the Great British Baking Show. I'm not connected totally. My kids, they know that mom, text mom, but she's not going to get back to you right away. Um, I'm not totally connected to, to having that thing on me all the time. Barbara, tell us about your relationship with technology. Well, it's uh, not as strong as some other people's relationship with technology, but I'm good on my mobile. I use that an awful lot for WhatsApping with friends, and also I can WhatsApp my family in Ottawa um, free. I can um, talk to them free as too, as well, on WhatsApp. And I use it, you know, just for getting in touch with everybody. Uh, I have an iPad, which I use. I Google a lot, looking things up. And uh, I often watch the news on it. But I also watch TV uh, quite a bit. Um, the news and certain programs that I love. I like all the travel programs and some of the um, mystery, play, mystery series and so on. And I don't watch any games or anything. I'm not into that. Uh, I love music, classical, opera. I even like country and western and all sorts of other, too many to mention. So I want to pick up on uh, talking about, we talked about television, right? And we're all watching TV and we've mentioned smart TVs. So I want to kind of zero in on that a little bit. We have this phrase in the in the press, in the industry, you know, you, you probably maybe even use it yourself, you know, cutting the cord. And it means getting rid of your cable package, getting rid of your, your broadcast TV and moving to getting your TV over the internet. And that can be apps, it can be it can be live TV that you're watching through a streaming service. But can you sort of un unpack that a little bit? Um, do you still subscribe to traditional cable packages? Like how much stuff are you watching live through the aerial and how much is on um, apps? And Charlie, we're gonna come to you first this time. Uh, have you cut the cord? Uh, no, it, that's not exactly by choice. Um, our gated community as an entire entity has signed up with a, a cable user. So we're all on cable. But I'm very used to uh, recording shows and seeing them later. I enjoy cable. It works fine. It's voice activated. It's quite easy, uh, especially when you're not technically inclined. So they, they have made it very easy and geared it to uh, an older community, which we are. Interesting. And you mentioned BBC, uh, you watch BBC News, that's on, on the cable package. Why BBC News, Charlie? Any particular reason you prefer it? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, first of all, it's uh, more worldly. So it's covering a lot of bases that the uh, national American stations do not, and I enjoy world news. Secondly, it's uh, not it. There are no commercials during the entire about twenty-five minutes. Interesting. The perspectives are somewhat different, and I enjoy the 
world-class nature of the reporting. Interesting point about the the ads, and uh, you know, maybe let's think about the last ads that we remember, or, or how how often we're seeing ads on on TV. Um, Cindy, how about you? Have you have you cut the cord? Where where are you getting your TV from? I stream. I cut the cord. Um, I wasn't really watching all the cable channels, and it it was becoming very costly. Um, I've learned to stream and I can get my news through YouTube. There's so much that I can get without cable. It's it's a process I'm learning. I, I do get the ads with um, a lot of the stations because I vote for them for free. Yeah. But it's, yeah, there's so much available in streaming and just YouTube in itself provides so much. And Charlie, you're right, BBC News is, it's more thorough for, for news. I, I get on my phone, I get smart news, and I get news breaks. So I'll get a quip of something that might interest me to delve into it. But on, on the most part, I, I'm, I just pick up news here and there. And how are you finding um, things that you want to watch on the app? So are you using a search function, recommendations? Are you like, how, how are you kind of curating your watching? I, it's a process of navigating. I, I have a TV that I can talk to. So I can ask it for a certain show or something, and voila, it's there. And now it's it, there are plenty of apps, and you can do the line apps also. There's I haven't touched half of what's in in my TV. So you're, you're you've completely cut the cord and are living your best content life. <laughs> like interesting. And you know, and so many of my friends were all, were all talking about the same thing: cutting the cord. Yeah, Barbara, let's come to you now. Have you cut the cord or are you still... I never had the cord. Never had the cord. <laughs> <laughs> I do very minimal everything, but... Um, You're a trailblazer, I think, in that. In that <laughs> I know, I know. I used to have cable. I don't, I don't have anything. It's plain, ordinary television. And going back to the news, uh, the BBC News is superb. Uh, but I can also, we also have a thing on British TV called Freeview. And you can get quite a few channels that are... Different and one is Sky News, yeah, that you can get free. So that news I sometimes watch because, as you say, it's completely different and different perspective. That's interesting. So you watch you watch both news channels. You sometimes kind of go, oh, oh yes, and on. ITV news as well as BBC because <laughs> it's all a little bit different. Because I watch a lot of news. I'm yeah. a bit of a news hound. Um, other than that, I don't stream, I don't record anymore because I've got recordings from years ago that I never look at. And also there's a thing called BBC iPlayer and the ITV Hub, which you can see programs on those. So if you can't watch them at the time, you don't need to record them because they'll be on there from the beginning. In fact, if there's a series, you could off, often watch the whole series. You could have a real afternoon of watching all sorts of episodes that, are, that aren't even being pro- broadcast yet because they're weekly. Yeah, so you're, you're using... So the... I, I sometimes do that. <laughs> Cheat a bit. Hey, it's not cheating. I think it's a great guilty <laughs> guilty pleasure. They call it... It's not... I think it's a horrible phrase. They call it binge watching, don't they? But yeah, I, um, I do. I think now and should, again. We should invent a nicer <laughs> phrase for it. Um, yeah. treat, treat yourself watching. I don't know. I'd love to switch gears and talk a little bit about shopping. Obviously, uh, all of us in advertising, ultimately, right, we're focused on driving brand awareness and driving outcomes for our clients in terms of uh, revenue growth and all of that. And... Um, we spend a lot of time talking about e-commerce 
and the rise of e-commerce in our industry. And I'm curious to hear from this group about your shopping behaviors. You know, where do you go when you're looking for inspiration, when you're looking to to go buy something? Is that something that you're researching online or are you still going to a brick and mortar retail uh, location before you make a purchase? I'd love to just hear your perspectives on that. And and Barbara, I'm going to start start with you. Okay. Well, I don't buy anything online, so that's completely out. I have all my favorite shops and so on that I go to and... Uh, you know, I'll go to shops that have been advertised or things that I want to buy. And uh, that, that's it, really. Does anyone do online shopping on your behalf? Or? Yes, sometimes yeah. my daughter does. Yeah. Yes. And with Amazon, my grandson does it for me. And what kind of advertising is most influential to your purchasing decisions? Yeah, no, it's mostly newspapers, magazines. Not so much billboards, um, just e- even some ads on television. Um, I, I do watch a lot of ads, and a lot of newspapers have like a big double spread of all sorts of smaller things, which I often look into, and stuff for older people as well, you know, like special showers and all that sort of stuff. You get, get an awful lot of information from those big the ad pages in our newspapers do you like those ads i mean yes i do can i put you on the spot yes what's the last ad that you remember doesn't have to be a print ad or a tv ad what's the last thing Uh, it was for uh, this morning i bought the eye which is one of our newspapers and there's a big page on uh, cruising Ah. you thinking of going on a cruise maybe maybe yes why not why not (laughs) cruising sounds nice Uh, cindy tell us about your your shopping journey what does that look like for you for me, I'm a brick and mortar girl. I like to go. I like to touch. I like the feel. I do some shopping online, but a lot of the times I will go online and I will go into a store page and I will do my shopping and see what it is. Put it in my shopping bag and, and walk away. I mean, you order from one store and all of a sudden you've got a million emails from every other store. I think our generation, we are pretty loyal to brands and TV ads they get my attention, but a lot of times at the end of the ad, I'm like, what are they selling? Mm-hmm. Noise, the, the the flashing, just sell us the products. Every generation would appreciate that. So it sounds like you're using sort of the online forum more just for browsing and information. But when it comes time to make a purchase, you are um, going into the brick and, brick and mortar and, and making it happen there. Um, I wanted to do a follow-up question about the brand loyalty piece because I, I think I think that is a really interesting point you made. And I'm curious, are there brands in your world that you you've been loyal to for your seventy plus years? Kleenex. <laughs> so funny. It's a great one. Good. Charlie, tell us about your shopping behaviors and how you typically approach when you're looking to make a purchase. Well, Barbara and Cindy brought up, I I think, some interesting points about uh, retail stores, brick and mortar. They'll never go away. They're an important part of shopping. Uh, Their socialization, it's the best way to seek quality. However, my habits have changed. Where I used to be an avid brick and mortar shopper, I've converted to much more uh, online. And it has so many advantages. There's no commute. Uh, there's no gas involved. 
there's a larger selection. It arrives at your door. It's 24 hours away. It's hassle-free. So there's a lot of pluses. And I would say 80% of my shopping is probably online now. Yeah, interesting. Really interesting. Brand loyalty. I'm very brand loyal. I think especially at for the elderly, they look for quality and authenticity. Charlie, can I put you on the spot? What's the last ad that you remember? Well, uh, there was one that actually came uh, through the mail. Uh, so it wasn't technology and it was about a cruise, very much like Barbara. And we got excited because we're thinking of traveling to Andalusia and we never considered taking a, a cruise line there. Cindy, you talked about feeling a bit bombarded by emails. How about you? What's the last like? What's the last ad you can remember? Oh, well, I was playing games on the computer this morning, and there's there's the pop up ads on the side, and they figured out my age because they're all ads about it was something that Target sells. It's called Botox in a bottle. Um, a company called Vibrance. So that's kind of the last ad that I saw this morning that I'm like. It kind of stuck in my brain. The ads that appeal most to me are creative and they're honest. And we deal with so much kind of, I'm sorry to use the expression fake news because it, it it's overused, that expression. But at least speaking for me and perhaps my generation, we want authenticity and we want trust in what we're buying. And you have to kind of filter through all that stuff to find those two qualities that's really fascinating and i want to pick up on that that concept of trust charlie and i'll I'll open it out to like anyone wants to jump in here does where a brand advertises or or where advertising show up um impact trust so are you more likely to trust say a brand that's advertising on bbc news rather than a sort of pop-up you're seeing on the computer yes i think so i don't think companies whether it's bbc or a newspaper filters out whether it's good or not. If you pay for the ad, we're going to take it because we need the revenue. And that's what keeps us going. And I think it's up to the consumer to kind of filter through, is this something I want? Is this something I Mm. trust? Interesting. Okay, so let's talk about communication, how we talk to people um, and social interactions so you've all talked about how you have like really busy lives really busy uh, interesting lives you're doing a lot of face-to-face stuff um cindy you're you're still working how much do you use uh, sort of technology and kind of apps and tools to talk with friends and family barbara come to you first well, i use whatsapp a lot mm-hmm. but i also ring my friends on my mobile we re- often arrange meetings I, I i meet a lot of people in person for tea, as it were. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, I talk to Canada a lot, to my sisters on WhatsApp, and that's free, and emails, and I just see a lot of people. Cindy, how about you? And obviously, you know, you're still working, so there's that added sort of um, complexity around your day. Talk us through how you're using these kind of apps. I didn't realize that I had as many apps as I do. I use my, my phone apps for, for health, for music, and there was games who doesn't play wordle every morning charlie how about you it's interesting because i was unfamiliar with whatsapp 
I use messaging. I use certainly email a lot. I think Zoom is absolutely marvelous, especially for grandparents who want to see grandkids and don't have to get on a plane. I'm fascinated by this trend of appointment gaming, just how those apps, whether it's Wordle, whether it's the spelling bee on the New York Times or your daily crossword puzzle, I'm so fascinated by that trend. And so I'm curious, tell us about your relationship with gaming and how that factors into your day to day life. And Cindy, I'll I'll start with you because you're obviously a, a big, a big Wordle fan. I used to send it out and say, look what I did. But now I play it. I play it in the morning and you know, it gets your brain going. On my phone, I have many word games and Scrabble on my phone. I on the on my desktop computer, I have the Microsoft games, which um, solitaire, different forms of solitaire. It's my quiet time when I want to just relax. I'll go to the desktop and I will play solitaire or I'll play a word game, and you know, keeps my brain active. It's um, that's important. Excellent. So you definitely use it more for just relaxation and keeping your brain active and healthy. I love that. Charlie, you're obviously a Wordle fan too. Talk us through your appointment gaming routine if you have one. Well, a a routine, yes. Start with Wordle in the morning and crosswords. It's just, as Cindy said, it's a brain stimulus and it's fun. It's nice to be active and that's a, a good way to start the morning. We get three newspapers and we read them all. After that, go on with the day. So I don't play games during the day. Um, do you do you mind if I ask what uh, what you get? Not at all. More of a liberal take is the New York Times on the conservative side, the Wall Street Journal, and then our local paper, paper the Naples Daily News. The local paper. I love a lo- I love a local paper, Ben. Barbara, what about you? Let's go back to, to, to the gaming conversation. Is that something that you're doing? Are you playing games on a regular basis? No, I'm not. No, and I don't do Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. What I do, and I'm kind of embarrassed, is word search. I find it just takes me out of myself for a short while. And that's all I do. And crosswords, of course. I, I, love, a good, I love a good word search, right? I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm not so, I, no, genuinely, I'm not so good at crosswords. Um, I, I pretend to be, but I'm I'm, I'm no, really not. No, it depends. Do you, do you do you like have a subscription to anything, or do you get the books, or like? Uh, I buy word search books. Yeah. So you know, I buy those, and then I like my magazines. They have things yes. in them as well. Good yeah. housekeeping and uh, woman and home. I get. I find them very good. Charlie, I want to come back on that because you talked about trust a couple of times. I think at least. Uh, if I speak for my generation, we believe in authenticity of being genuine, of, of this trust is so important. And if you can capture somebody's trust, you really, then they will feel much more open to say, uh, purchasing or responding in a way. And I wish more advertisers would recognize that. The common ads that just come out, they seem so, on the one hand, boring. And most of us try to, in a way, silence those in whatever mechanism we can do to silence those. But if they're catchy, I mean, even a comparison to Wordle, why is Wordle so popular so quickly? 
because it's catchy and it's imaginative and you have to use your brain. And if advertisers could pick up on that creativity, we talked about that Rolls-Royce ad the last time. Do you want to just tell us about the Rolls-Royce ad? It was the ad that you remembered, right? This ad has been with me for 20 or 25 years. And it was a, a major magazine like Time or Newsweek or US World and the World Report. And I opened it up and I was summing through it. And all of a sudden I came to two blank pages. They were absolutely white. And I went, oh my goodness, there has been a major printing error. And I was fascinated with what had happened because it would cost millions of dollars to not to have made that mistake. And then in the lower right-hand corner, it said, see your Rolls-Royce dealer. And I was just wowed and haven't forgotten that. Another one, which is mainly TV ads, which was extremely successful, was the Anheuser-Busch with the Clydesdale and the dogs. Doritos tried that, and they did very well on uh, Super Bowl. Although this last year's Super Bowl, I thought the ads were terrible. Now, that's an interesting case. Here's Super Bowl, a major sporting event, and the ads have been so good that people will pay attention more to the ads rather than less than any other event. It's very true. I mean, I know the, I think about my past Super Bowl watching experiences, and you're totally right, Charlie, the the Clydesdale moment during the Super Bowl is always the one where, you know, I put down my drink and I sit on the edge of my seat and I'm just, I'm like, all right, here it is. I'm ready for it. And I think it, the beautiful thing that they've done is they've just, they've, they've shared that red thread over the years and like string together just a beautiful story around animals and their relationship and all of that. And it is such a special moment of the Super Bowl. Um, and I think it's just a great example of that marriage of creativity um, and storytelling. And it really brings the consumer along on that journey. And it's authentic to that brand. I mean, it's what that brand stands for. It's what they're all about. So it's such a special type of advertisement for sure. That was so articulate. This is what this podcast is about, right? Talking to real people about their media experience and listening to their, their preferences and their opinions, because that's how we do, you know, great media experiences. And that's how we do great advertising. So, like, I loved that explanation. Cindy, let's come to you first. Give us your thoughts. You want to get my attention, but you want to keep it somewhat simple um, so that I know what you're advertising. I said that before. There's some ads I watch, and I'm like, what are they selling? Coca-Cola used to do really great ads. Now they're getting kind of, they're, they're throwing too much into their ads. The last ad was Liberty Mutual. It's an insurance company in, in the United States, and they're always using an ostrich. The ostrich comes to your mind. That's why an ostrich. <laughs> but it, it got me to listen to that ad. Um, yeah, bringing animals and dance, it's always a good thing. So yeah, animals agree. Ostriches, horses, dogs, it's always a surefire way to surprise and delight people for sure. Barbara, has there been an advertisement that you've seen recently that has sort of taken you on that storytelling journey? I like the travel ad advertising. And there's a certain bank here that advertises with lots of black horses galloping along, and I like that. And train journeys, all sorts of things. Anything to do with traveling and animals, as you've said. 
Yes, the travel ads, they transport you to another place for sure. We've been circling around media experience and different kinds of advertising um, here throughout this conversation. And I'm really curious to find out from the three of you, I mean, do you feel seen in advertising? Um, what, What do you wish advertisers knew or thought more about your generation? If you see the ads on TV going to our generation, they're making us to be very frail, very, um, you know, ads for drugs, there's ads for lift chairs, there's, they've got us sitting in a corner, you know, looking. And I think mentally we are not frail. We, we are, we are pretty active. Strong and vibrant, I would say. Charlie, what, what do you wish brands thought about more when they were advertising to you? That they're dealing with a very discerning audience. They're smart and uh, give them credit for that. Barbara, what about you? Yeah, I feel they do um, relate to me a lot of the time. There's lots of things for older people. There's fashion for older people. I I feel I get my share of it, shall we say. You feel talked to and and listened to as well. So I guess, um, Courtney... Would yes. you like to bring us home with the Meaningful Media Fast Five? Um, ben, it would be my absolute pleasure. Love I, just, I, just, I just, I just, I'm so excited to listen to this one. So I'm just going to. I am too. I am too. So, all right. So everybody knows this. This is the Meaningful Media Fast Five. This is how we end every single episode. These are quick, uh, fast fire questions. Um, don't overthink it. Have some fun. And so, Charlie, I'm going to put you on the spot right now and start us off. So tell us about what is your meaningful media right now? iPhone. iPhone. Very good. Um, and what is the media you start your day with? Newspapers. You have your three that you start your day with. Yes. Um, What media do you turn to when you are looking to get inspired? Inspired. What a great word. I would say books. That's mine too. When I want to get inspired, I put down the devices and pick up a book, 100%. Um, Tell me about your media guilty pleasure. Oh, um, I like to watch um, old movies from even the 30s and 40s and 50s. I love uh, Broadway shows, show tunes, whether it's Brigadoon, Showboat. Uh, Oklahoma, they still still are, to me, very much appealing and last, have a long shelf life, and it certainly appeals to me. Okay, so if you could have one media platform for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be the iPhone, because what I had mentioned earlier, it's having a world library in the palm of your hand. That, to me, is a remarkable tool Absolutely. I, I very much agree with you there. Okay, Cindy, you are up next for your Meaningful Media Fast Five. What is your Meaningful Media right now? My Meaningful Media right now is, is my iPhone, basically. It's it's how I connect. Okay, what's the media you start your day with? Media I start my day with, well, it would be, I go into YouTube. I go into the computer. Um, probably where I start, right? It's where I get my news, I get the weather information. YouTube is where you start. Okay. And what media do you turn to when you're looking to get inspired? I probably, what inspires me is music. 
there's different levels of music. Like I said, classic works, my favorite. But then I, I will put on a station like uh, Enya, which will play music. It's it's a little bit of an Irish type music. It's soothing, um, classical music. So that that kind of gets me going and inspires me. Puts you in a spa like mode, relaxed and love that. So, what is your media guilty pleasure? I love old movies. Um, don't laugh, anybody, but I love Doors Day. Forgot <laughs> <laughs> Doors Day. Uh, probably something I do that I love watching the old love old reruns. It's a very comforting rewatch. No, yeah. Yeah, I, I love a good love boat. Uh, I think that's a great shout. Um, all right, if you could have one media platform for the rest of your life, which one would it be and why? This one came up pretty quick. I would pick YouTube because, I can, like I said, I can get my news, I can get information, and I can fix things. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Uh, all right, Barbara, you are going to bring us home with the Meaningful Media Fast Five. What is your meaningful media right now? Reading, I would say. Reading books. Well, and newspapers and uh, magazines, but books as well. Several things, really. <laughs> Just what I do, watching television, listening to the radio, talking to friends on WhatsApp. Very good. What's the media you start your day with? Usually the news on television. What channel? BBC. What media do you turn to when you are looking to get inspired? It's just looking things up on Google. If there's anything I'm wondering about or don't know about or would like to know about, Google on my iPad. <laughs> What's your media guilty pleasure? No, I don't feel guilty about anything except word search. <laughs> I'm a bit embarrassed. <laughs> if you could have one media platform for the rest of your life, which one would it be and why? Oh, definitely be my mobile. I can't say iPhone because I don't have an iPhone. I have a different brand great <laughs> that was fantastic i mean what yeah. a what a treat to to listen to our fabulous panel today hear their thoughts hear their, their brilliant ideas about media experience uh, i promise you we didn't prep them at all yes age is a number old is a state of mind right yeah, yeah but right. no but you're right 100 percent. like but but truly that was that was like Really, really fascinating. We sometimes have this slightly clunky phrase, which is citizen consumer. Um, and, I, and I think, you know, you guys are, are great examples of citizen consumers, right? That was such a, such a treat. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I love these panel episodes. What? I do too, Ben. I just, I love talking to real consumers. What a great crew and so many interesting takeaways. I think for my end, the power of gaming, right? Like we think about gaming as a, a younger person's hobby, but it was very clear to me that gaming is very much part of uh, these people's day-to-day -day world in terms of the media that they're consuming. The other key takeaway for me is just the rising influence of the BBC. Yeah, and like trust, right? The, the importance of trust in media. That came through from all of our panelists. And one of their most trusted media is print. Still consuming a lot of news, uh, still consuming a lot of magazines. So yeah, just like amazing insight. All of which, of course, is delivered into your podcast feed for free. So do uh, do subscribe. I'm going to be mentioning that again. I love these panel episodes. What do we do next? What have we got coming up next? So we have a few ideas in terms of upcoming panel episodes, but I would love to hear from our listeners. What audience do you want us to speak to next? Drop us a line in socials or drop us an email and give us your thoughts. 
Love it. Please, please, please do like and subscribe. Uh, it helps people find us. And as Courtney said, drop us a note on what you want to hear more of. Uh, drop those in the comments, maybe. Thanks so much for uh, for coming on to co-host. We're going to be inviting you back soon for our next panel episode. Thanks, this is ben. thank Wait. you. Um, well, that's been Courtney Cherry, and I've been Ben Downing, and this has been the Meaningful Media Podcast. Tune in again soon, and make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs>